Hello, and welcome to the michaelcrane.live podcast. The podcast is about entrepreneurship and tips for staying highly motivated to make a positive change in your life. Keep listening and follow the podcast to stay connected with the community at michaelcrane.live. So get comfy and enjoy today's conversation. And on today's michaelcrane.live podcast, we are going to be talking about starting a business. And I have with me Gareth, who has just started his very own Team Easy Crane distributor business. So starting a business is an extremely daunting task. And there's so much to consider from finding ways to make money and support your family to paying the bills and living your best life. You may have all the passion and commitment and a will to win, but the truth is that many businesses don't make it past the first five-year mark. So what can you do to ensure success? And this is what we're going to be speaking about. Today, we're speaking with Gareth, who has started his own team Easy Crane distributor business. And the questions that we're going to be speaking about are, how confident was he and comfortable he felt from day one of starting his distributor business? What did he like best about the quick start guide? And what methods has he found to make the most profitable and easiest products to sell? And what tips can he share with other successful business owners and distributors? But with the right tools and knowledge, you can build a successful business with confidence. So let's tune in now to hear Gareth's story and learn how to stay long in the game. So what methods did you use to win your clients from day one? And how has it been so far? Thank you for that fantastic welcome, Michael. I can only say it's been quite successful. I think the most important thing from the start was, obviously, we've all got our own personal and business networks, but we're known for a certain type of personality. We're known for a certain business skill. But when I started this um, business through the Quick Start Guide, it was the email was the first method that I used. And the email had to be telling and informing everybody of what I am now doing you have set up some great general templates which give, gave me the framework that I could change to suit myself. Uh, but ultimately, I do not then have to write an email every, each and every time. This allowed me to send the first email straight to all my network and get started. Secondly, then I followed that up and I sent an actual standard letter. This again is via the Quick Start Guide. So I've got an electronic copy gone to a prospective client, but I've also got a formal copy and a letter. Again, just showing the new business that I've started to my network. So we all know that email is the most efficient, not only in time, but also in cost. What did you think about your open rate? I thought my open rate was acceptable for what I was actually achieving. Um, I think that you've got to understand that I'm not going to get 100% straight away. But people will open an email from me due to the fact that they know me. So you've got to create something that's punchy, 
It's got to be direct. It's got to show exactly what you're trying to achieve, but also showing what they can actually gain out of it. How long was your email template and was it a template? Or what one did you use, I should ask? Uh, I used one straight from your quick start guide. I tailored some of the wording because I think it also has to be said that the way that you deal with business from your 20 plus years of experience is not necessarily the way that I would word emails and people wouldn't expect that. And I didn't want them to just think that I'd given you a straight template that I'd borrowed from someone else. So I had to use wording and change a few things that would work for me. But no, it was a template first and foremost. Was it what they call a one-page email or was it a long kind of sales letter? Uh, it was a one-page email. I think that that's the opening line. The opening start had to be only one page. I think down the line with your templates, I can use the longer versions. And when a client is actually interested, it can then show the multitude of products possible. But the first one was definitely just a one-page and what was, what was your overall objective of that first email? Was it a welcome? Was it an introduction? Were you trying to sell a product or what was it? I think firstly, it was trying to say to people that knew me already in my networks, as I said to you personally in business, that I am now doing this. I didn't want to be pigeonholed from what I'd known them previously as. So one, it's an introduction. Two, it's a business introduction as well. And I think that that's important. So even though it's in your personal realms that you may have made these contacts you're showing them that it's an actual business. It's your elevator pitch. That one-minute email, I think, is the best way of describing it. And is this the first time your network has heard from you since starting your distributor business? I would say not quite, because obviously you've had conversations with people over the build-up to the process, and some people who you may know better than others, you've talked through it. And they've given them business advice from their own businesses. But is your, as I say, the quick start guide that you gave, the answer, I suppose, is yes. So what was your first point? Was it your conversation? Or did you call them? So the first point was to actually send an email. Um, as we said, the elevator pitch, the one minute email introduction. The second one was then to, as we've said already, is to post a formal letter. It's something for someone to open make it special, make it known that you're actually using many forms of communication. Then the third one is a conversation. And actually, again, we're not going on to the sales pitch at all yet. This is in the introduction part. This is finding out what we can actually do and then actually tailing it to the systems that you've already got in place. Okay. And how have you found the response so far from that original conversation and the email? Do you think it's... Um... Are you seeing shoots of success with your format or what would you change in your approach? I don't think I would change much. I think we got, I think there has to be realism. There is, it's like anything, it's like a farmer and his crops. You've got some crops that will come in in spring, some in summer, some in autumn. And this is what I've got to sometimes think of that there's also some people that will only buy certain products at certain times of the year. So I've had some, some quick wins. I've got some shoots growing. I've got some long-term where I've got to put in some hard work. But again, with all the, I suppose it's the the quick start guide, I keep referring it to it, but it's, you've got these processes that you've already done. You've been through this before. So when I say to you, look, I'm struggling here with just this person to gain over that threshold of how do I actually get them to come and have a chat with me, find out what I can do. You can offer your words of advice, your pearls of wisdom, your business acronym, and you don't feel so alone. 
I think if I'd been on my own, when I didn't get instant success from people, I may well have retrenched. But what I've actually done is gone, right, this may be so many steps that I need to go for this one. This, <laughs> excuse me, sorry. This one may be that it's more steps. But again, just by using templates, I can follow that through. And when is your next follow-through email to your prospects, your potential clients in your pipeline? I think in my pipeline, I am looking, I'm thinking that it's the first week of January. People are uh, returning to work. That can be at home or in the office. They need, some people won't work at all over Christmas. Their inbox is going to be full. If they're clearing that out, my email's in there, it may well not get seen. So I've diarized everything for one week's time. I'm going for the 9th of Jan. It's a Tuesday. I believe everybody would have been back by then. If they've taken an extra week off just to be at home with family, they'll be back in the office on the 9th and 10th, and that'll be when my next email goes through. So what's your overall view of how frequently you should be sending emails? By the sounds of it, you're referring to probably one every 10 days. Do you think that's too long? Uh, I think, again, coming into this process, I am learning as well as using, as I said, that library of information that you've had. I think a seven to 10 day cycle works quite well for emails. There is some people where I may well have to bring the frequency forward and start doing it so they receive a weekly email, a weekly bulletin. That's what they require. That's what they want. Their product and their life cycle of products are changing weekly. There'd be other clients where they may well go into two weeks to a monthly email. I don't think at the start you pigeonhole everybody the same. And then I think as I go through this process, I may well have bands of client where they get different marketing strategies. So some will be weekly, fortnightly, as you said, seven to 10 days. And there may even will be sums that are quarterly and think about their businesses. At the outset, Gareth, you mentioned that you've been using the post to send promotional product items or letters out to your clients now we all know we still get an awful lot of junk mail through our posts so one may say that it still works but as far as the cost to send a piece of mail through the post what considerations did you have when deciding you were going to start using posts to send letters out um i think it's important that by using that postal system you're also trying a different avenue of marketing Electronic marketing is fine, but if I want people to get to know me by using your templates, using your guide, I sent out postal letters. I took into account that it would cost me X pence per stamp, X pence per letter, X pence per um, the envelope. There's also a time element in doing that. And that's well within the constraints of the finances for budgeting, for marketing. So I've sent those letters there be some that may not get open, and that's what I'm going to learn. But it's also by using your processes, I can work out actually, right, I've sent 100. I've got 30 people open them. There's a promo code on them. So I now know that I've got three hits from that. So that's, say, 3%. Maybe I get seven hits. That's 7%. There's all statistics you can use as well to work out was it worthwhile. And what sort of promo code did you have on there to entice people to buy? Or was the promo code just to make reference if they called you or you called them next time? Uh, it was the latter for the first one. 
the uh it was to when they were to purchase it wasn't off a purchase ah so if they made a purchase they would be able to use that promo for a special uh price or discount or that exactly that i think that that was more important it's not a promo code it's also me getting to know my clients if i've got a client that's buying something regularly it may well be that there will be a specific um, promo code sent to them in the future but at the moment it's just something to say look it's also me to gauge it as a marketing tool so by offering that promo code if it's only used once and i've sent as i said 100 letters it may well be that either i sent them to the wrong people or my promo or my letter wasn't good enough and i will come back and revisit that i think also i have to take into account by sending them especially over this period there's been delays obviously with the postal strikes that hasn't helped us you also have to think about when most of the postal workers at the moment there's a lot of christmas post so did i time that date right and these are lessons that you learn some of them are hard but again by chatting through to you you might have said to me uh you should have sent them about seven days sooner than you did you might have then got a return by christmas then you might have been able to work on that analysis over the christmas period and be ready to send another one in feb I know in the quick start, Gareth, there's a strategy or a tip we use where we recommend you use a rubber stamp with your return address to sender on the back of the envelope, which means any undelivered post comes back to you. At least then you'll be able to establish whether you use the right address, make contact with your client, potential client, to see why it wasn't delivered, which actually saves you money in the long time. Did you see that tip or did you use that tip? I did see that tip, uh, Michael, but I'll be honest, I didn't use it. I took into account and weighed up the costs. And currently I didn't actually have the finances for that. Um, it's, you know, it's an honest question to an honest answer. Indeed, that's why I asked it. To be honest, you know, there's so much useful information in the quick start guide. You're not going to be able to use it all on one day one or month one. But as a succession it's like your bible to go back to and make reference to so you save money the next time you send your post out so in the first month how many business shows have you attended and how did you find them uh in the first month i attended two um shows both of them as i'm based in london both of them were in london one of them was over in East London and one was just in, in central North London. The first one was a small um, business show in Stratford. There was about 25 um, marketing stands and places to visit. That was the first one I went to. Um, they were all related in the service that they offered. And that gave me some new leads to follow up from going and speaking to the people. And then the second one, which is something that becomes more of a passion, I went to a sustainability event in the Barbican. And that was a split level event where upstairs they had about 30 different types of venues and places. And then downstairs, there was about another 20, 25 businesses. Again, by going around chatting to people, it's a different way of thinking that not necessarily they're from my sectors that I've known before, but by chatting to them, seeing what products they're offering, but also what products that makes you think that you can offer to them. You're just making and expanding your network the whole time. 
everything is an opportunity if you start looking for it. And there were some stands that I went to that I had nothing in common with originally. Got chatting to the people. You see what they're doing in their everyday life, whether they're working from home, working for a business, whether it's an SME, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how my network is growing. So how many products that you are now able to supply did you see on show at the event? And what I mean by that is how many promotional products were people using? How many pads of paper were people using? Or how many pens were they using? Not just your typical Bic pens that we supply, but more to the point, branded pens. And by the way, the number one tip for any promotional pre uh, products is promotional pens. Statistically, people say a promotional pen gets handed around six times before it runs out. So that's six different eyes on that product in the lifetime of that pen. So what products did you see, Gareth? Oh, I saw so many. And some of them were really like eye-opening where I think, oh, that's very clever. And others you think that's your standard, which you know. So again, you've got branding of many sorts. As you say, the pen is the most common. It's something that you is a giveaway. It's something that you want to pick up. It's something that we all use still, even though we think that we're all using keyboards all the time. We're all using pens. So pens were great. As you say, multicolored, uh, not just your standard black or blue Bix. There was uh, marker pens, dry white pens, et cetera, et cetera. I saw a lot of recyclable um, pencils where um, you use the pencil and then at the end of that pencil, you could plant it in the ground and that would grow into some form of plant or tree. So there was an actual seed pod in there. So it was um, a lot of the products were sustainable where they're reusing plastics where again, that they can be branded, et cetera. So from that, I saw... Uh, what was the other things I saw? E um, even on the branded um, backdrops that people were doing, roll-up banners, pop-up banners, uh, people were doing your mugs. Mugs are always popular. Again, it's actually from there. And I think the other one that I saw was seed packets. Seed packets and coasters. Even people at home or in the workplace they need a coaster that can be branded either with a company logo, a calendar, a monthly thing, or even just a phone number or a website address. They were very popular. So when you came out of those business shows that you attended last month, were you feeling more confident that you had something to offer people or less confident that you were overwhelmed by what you saw and you weren't sure your next angle of attack at your next show? I think, oh, I definitely was feeling more confident. I think as the tip, and it would be like a tip that may well be that when you have your quick start guide and you're going to add tips from your actual distributors, one of them will be is how you actually make sure that you database, I suppose is the best word I'm going to use for each one. Because when it's like, if you've seen 20 different people, each one of them may want a different product. When I walk out of there, how do I remember those 20? How do I catalog that so that I know that when, as you would say, you're sending them the right promotional and marketing material posted? The way I did it was I just took a photo of the stand, then made some notes on the phone, then used some of the apps that you recommend, et cetera, et cetera. So when I've come out, each one now, I've got a picture of what they did. I've got the notes attached to it. So when I go back and think, what products can I offer them? They're actually 
designed for them. It's not just a general email shop where it may get lost. So as we move into the next month, what products are you going to be focusing on this month? I think definitely for the new year, back to work, it still comes back to, I think people like, there's a lot of people using personalized journals where they're making notes, not electronically, they're making them actual journals. To-do lists are very popular. And they're actually, because people come back with a lot of um, energy for the new year and they will make a to-do list to tick off. Um, wall planners, even for a home office, wall planners make it a professional place to work. If you've got promotional material that you can use for that company, they put up their wall planners. We had one that wanted an actual like split into time slots so they could actually put their meeting times on there. They can see where their calendar is going. It's all about making that office or the home a workplace that is productive. Sounds like you've had a cracking start to your business, but I want to take you back to how it was on day one, minute one of starting your very own team, Easy Crane business. What was the welcome like? Oh, I was so daunted. I was really daunted at first, and I used that word. Um, it did feel like um, you'd be invited to a party where you knew one person, and that was it and otherwise you knew no one else there um so you walk in and there is apprehension there's nervousness am i looking the part am i sounding the part am i writing the part you know all those things that's how i felt but within a, a really short and i mean a short space of time you feel welcome and you feel at ease and you realize that actually yes i can do this i am a processes man i think that comes from many years so the framework of that quick start guide worked for me really well. I think it's like reading a good book. You can read it really quick, but then you actually go back and you can reread parts that you need. There's certain parts in there at the moment that they're ahead of me and I don't necessarily need them. But I think it's important to know where the journey is going to go to so that when you're using sections one, two, three, you know that it relates to four or it relates to five. And there's parts in there that you can take from each one. And what sort of advice would you give someone who was starting their team easy crane business and they had the same experience as yourself when the quick start guide drops into their inbox this is your business in a box sort of approach what advice would you give them i think the first thing i would do is definitely read it and read it again i would then if you've got any instant questions, I think that's important. I think it's very important early on to ask as many questions as possible using either the forum or direct email to yourself and the team is to ask those questions because it just gives you peace of mind. Don't dwell on anything. If you've got a question and you don't understand, what does that mean? What does the seven to 10, 10 day cycle mean? Is it seven? Is it 10? You ask that question. That's what I would say. Ask questions. So what has been your biggest lesson? since starting my biggest lesson since starting is it is something i can do yes i think that's the biggest lesson is to not wait just start you're going to try things and you will you'll succeed and you will fail and you'll succeed and fail and then eventually your successes will easily outweigh outweigh the ones that you consider fails and they're not fails you're just not doing it the right way around you've got to just change your approach to that and once you change that, you can turn 
those into successes as well. So you mentioned at the outset that you found it quite daunting uh, starting your very own business. Now, you've read the Quick Start Guide, and by the sounds of it, you've read the Quick Start Guide multiple times. What would you do differently next time? If I was reading it, I think possibly, I know this might sound odd, I might just print it out. I think if I was doing it again, I would print it out each page and have that up as a like a planner. So they're easy reference points. You can actually see and focus on the journey. I suppose it's a bit like watching one of those crime documentaries where you have pieces of string going from one to the other. You can see how it all follows through. So with regard to where you are right now, and you've been following the quick start guide to your destination, whatever that may be, what has been the hidden gems you would like to share with our listeners? It could be product, it could be tips, it could be what you found to work really well for you, Gareth. Uh, I'm going to give you three here, Michael. The first one is product, uh, definitely printed journals and laptop stands. I think people are much more considerate of how they are sitting all day. If they're sitting at a terminal, they want to make sure that they're not getting any issues in their neck or back. And as I said to you already, I think printed journals are definitely making a comeback for notes. Uh, for clients themselves, uh, it's making sure that you follow the quick start guide. So you follow those processes that you've laid out for those 20 years of business because you've actually are successful. And all I need to do is follow that path, but make it my own as well. I think that that's important. Um, and then I think one of the things is make sure that I've got the right mindset when I'm doing this in each and every time. And just knowing that because I'm working from my home, from myself, if I'm not correctly in that mindset mood, just get up, go out, go for a quick walk, come back, refresh, restart. Again, that's just following. Start your processes that you've created for me. And on that note, brings our podcast today to a very nice end, Gareth. So thank you so much. Let's do it again next month, where we'll be speaking more about your journey as a Team Easy Crane business distributor. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Michael. It's been a pleasure. And I really do look forward to this each and every month. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have a business story to share, please reach out and contact us on michael at michaelcrane.live. To hear more stories from entrepreneurs and business leaders, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes and Spotify so you never miss an episode. We look forward to having you back for our next podcast show. Thank you. Today's show has been sponsored by www.teameasycrane.co.uk. We help you build your business and grow recurring profits. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.